What's up, y'all? It's your girl. I just wanted to give you the heads up. There were a few technical glitches with this episode, so if you hear some funny sounds, my apologies. Don't be alarmed. Um, I know what I need to do next time, but just wanted to give you the heads up. Anyway, continue listening to episode 36 of Candid Talk with Chanel. What is up, y'all? It's your girl, Chanel, and welcome to another episode of Candid Talk with Chanel. I feel like I want to talk about a plethora of things today. Um, I literally just finished watching um, one of my favorite YouTubers who's a fellow conspiracy theorist, um, but he's actually been a part of the industry life, so his eyes were awakened to certain things. Um, His name is Choke No Joke. So I finished watching, I think, a live that he did on YouTube. And then before that, I finished watching a YouTube video that another YouTuber who I watched, Funky Dineva, who's known to do lots of reviews on shows, popular shows that are on reality shows and scripted shows. Um, I wanted to just um, speak my piece on something he mentioned as pertains to Insecure, the show, but um, we'll get there. So... Excuse me, y'all. I just finished eating like a bunch of watermelon. So if I sound like I'm belching, I probably am. Don't blame it on me. It's the pregnancy. <laughs> My apologies. Um, so choke no joke. He was talking about this recent death uh, at the hands of the police of Rashad Brooks. And at this point, we all are well aware of what occurred. Um, This young man, apparently in Atlanta, was inebriated, drunk in his car. He was at, I guess, the local Wendy's, and he was at the drive-thru blocking spaces or not moving. You know, when you go through a drive-thru, you're supposed to, like, order your food and keep it pushing. He fell asleep behind the wheel. He was that intoxicated. Someone called the police. The police came. In the beginning, it seemed like the police followed the procedures that they were supposed to follow. It seemed as if with all that's going on in the world and the climate um, with police brutality against black people, it seemed, because these cops were white, he's black, it seemed as though they were playing it safe and doing it procedurally how they should be, right? And then we saw how things went left. Um, What I will say that makes this scenario a bit different from the other victims of police brutality is the fact that this young man Rashad did appear to resist being arrested and was actually tussling and fighting with the cops it seemed like he was giving them a run for their money it's two of them and he's like beating their ass which was crazy to me (laughs) then he ends up getting a hold of one of the cops tasers proceeds to try to tase the cop and then at that point he's shot dead do I believe he should have been killed absolutely not but what I will say is and y'all know I talk about choices all the time the choices that we make we are all one good choice away of something amazing happening that's life-changing for us and I believe we're all also one bad choice away which could be the demise of us and this young man made an ill choice from the get-go of getting behind the wheel being intoxicated Right, He failed the breathalyzer test. He failed the walk test. I think they asked him to take 14 steps or nine steps, and he took four. He failed um, whatever vision test they gave him. So it was very clear that he was inebriated. So that was bad choice number one, getting behind a vehicle, driving a vehicle while you're drunk, right? Um, Even though the crazy thing is he seemed to be coherent, He seemed like he was able to keep a conversation. He was talking about how it was just his daughter's birthday and all of that. Um, And then the second bad choice this young man made was resisting arrest. And I understand that we are in a time right now where it's truly like F the police. (laughs) And it's truly like we ain't scared of y'all. But we still have to operate with wisdom, y'all. Right? We still have to operate in a way when dealing with the police where we are not inviting and provoking confrontation. And 
not want you to misconstrue what I'm saying because I still do not feel like this man's life should have been taken, right? I feel like he tased one of the police officers, which he shouldn't have done, but a taser is not going to kill you. They were not in harm's way in that way. They had already searched him and checked him. It was already verified that he did not have a weapon. So there was no fear of your life and yada, yada, yada. Now, if he would have gotten a hold of the, the officer's gun, then that's a bit of a different scenario. But he got a hold of the taser. A taser is not going to kill anybody as far as I know. If I'm wrong, please feel free to correct me. Um, so I do not feel by any means that Rashad Brooks' life should have been taken. However, I also want to highlight that any of us could be stopped at the, by the police at any time. Any, the police could be called on us at any time. How we maneuver through these situations can definitely determine whether you survive or you don't. And it's sad that I even have to say that, but I think at this point, that's the crux of it, right? And so even before the police were involved, if that young man did not get behind that wheel intoxicated, this whole thing would not have happened. And so I just want to go back to the fact of choices, y'all. We got to make better choices, right? Don't drink more than what you can handle if you know you have to drive home. Or if you know it's going to be one of them nights and you're about to get pissy drunk, Uber, Lyft, take a cab to where you're going. Take a cab home. Ride with somebody else. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's crazy. Either way, my condolences goes out to this family. And I'm just saying, y'all, it's to the point with all that's going on in this world. We have to be extra careful. We have to be extra careful. Even with all that's going on in this world, I'm pretty sure that young man didn't think that he wasn't going to make it home that night. I believe that young man thought he was going to make it back home to his wife and children. And so... We have to be careful. For those who are protesting out there and fighting that good fight on the front lines, letting the world know that Black Lives Matter, I am with you in solidarity. Please be careful. I think I said this before. Be very careful and just understand the fact that A, Anything could go down at any one of these protests at any time. So your safety can be put in jeopardy at any time. Just be aware of that. And B, y'all, they are saying that the, uh, the numbers are starting to spike with this virus again. And I think I've mentioned this before. That the fact that I didn't forget that we were still in the midst of a pandemic. There are certain countries and certain states that are going through a, fa a wave, a second wave of this thing. These places that opened up, I think Beijing, China right now is going through it. Um, they said Florida's numbers are spiking. Uh, I want to say Arizona's numbers. Like, So a lot of places where these protests were happening, where there are thousands upon thousands of people in the same vicinity, people are getting sick. So even if you decide, and this is something that Choke No Joke said that I agree with, if you decide that you want to be about that cause and, and risk your own health, that's fine, right? That's up to you. But if you are living with other people, I definitely agree with Choke in the fact that maybe you need to self-quarantine and stay somewhere else for at least 10 to 14 days because the numbers are starting to increase. And that's a very real thing right um very very real thing so be careful out there i get it that you you're out there fighting that good fight you you're not you're you're relentless you're not giving up about it getting that message out there i'm with you but i say that if you live with people who are not out there fighting that good fight with you please do not put your family and loved ones in harm's way potentially you don't know what you could be exposed to being amongst 
large sums of people at once. And um, just be careful. Be careful. Self-quarantine. Maybe if you, you could stay with a friend who's also protesting. Maybe they got their own spot. And y'all could, you could crash by there. And maybe if you got a coin. I know people's money is funny right now. Um, maybe you can stay in a motel or a hotel or something. I don't know. But just be careful with being out there day after day, week after week, quarantine, you know, I'm not quarantining, protesting, and then coming back home to whoever you live with that hasn't been out there with you. Um, I definitely agree, and I like that Chope mentioned that, and so I felt the need to mention that on my on my uh, podcast as well. Because um, <clears throat> it's real. And something, it's, it's still going on. And that's why I said I'm clear that we're still in a pandemic, and y'all know me, the conspiracy theorist, slash realist in me is like this is a part of the mass agenda because for months we were told we need to stay in the house for months we were told you know you only really leave the house if you have to go to the grocery store or go to the doctor's office and that you take these precautions right and then all of a sudden it's okay for hundreds of thousands of people to be gathered together in the same space as long as you have a mask on uh-uh, not buying it, not buying it. Even when I look at like Netflix and I see, oh, all the movies they're promoting now are like Queen and Slim kind of movies or they're like, um, uh, why am I, why is my, um, Just Mercy and like all these kind of movies, the help all of a sudden they're resurfacing all of these kinds of black slave black injustice movies going on like they're stuffing it down our throats to me when I start to see the media do stuff like that that tells me a why are you reminding us that we were once slaves and 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 and, and captivity b what is really going on because I even read today that Will Smith um, I believe he's in a movie called Emancipation that's about to come out and it's about him being a runaway slave like what the heck is going on to me once I start to see this kind of stuff it tells me that this is part of a bigger plan and that while we are all focused on fighting that good fight as I said before something else is happening behind the scenes that is going to be impactful probably not in the best of ways for all of our lives and that all of this is happening for a reason. These everything, it's it's just all calculated from the police brutality. Everything is calculated, I feel like, but that's just me. So please, y'all, let's keep our eyes open. Let's pay attention. Sometimes we could be so tunnel vision with the cause that we forget to open our eyes regarding what's going on around everything else. And so I got my eyes wide open trying to figure out. And as I always say, connect the dots of what's really going on out here. And um, even just Choke mentioned this, and I agree with it as well. You mean to tell me nationwide, T-Mobile customers' phones are just like non-existent, not working? I'm a T-Mobile customer, and my phone was fine. But there were a lot of, my service, I should say, was fine. But there were a lot of people who were experiencing issues and problems with their, their phone service. This is like across the world this is happening. Like what is actually going down? Something is going down and I'm trying to figure out what the hell it is. But anyway, we'll move on from that. So please just be careful out there, folks. Um, And with our decisions, especially when just in day-to-day stuff that we're doing. You know what I'm saying? I think the way the world is working right now, if you want to get drunk, get drunk in your own house. Like, what bars are really, I mean, I guess he, Atlanta is opened up. So I guess people are still at the bars and clubs and all that is going on. But like, now is not the best time to be about that nightlife life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't think now is the time to, to try to act like life is normal again. I don't think now is the time to find yourself in these public settings the police are on high alert. 
it's a lot of stuff going down, y'all. Like, I still say, regardless of what phase your state is at or if your state is fully opened, like, stop, don't move as if things were how they once were. Still move as if we're in quarantine mode. A, because the numbers are still spiking with this virus. I don't believe anything that the media tells me. My husband and I were talking to um someone who works in the hospital the other day. And he was just like, yo, people are still dying of this. Like, don't believe the hype of what the news, what the news and the media is reporting. People are still dying. <laughs> okay? So, regardless of whoever's opening up and what phase you're opening up at, I say we should still move in some ways like we're still quarantined. Get drunk in your house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, be careful when you leave your house with the choices that you're making. Don't get behind the wheel drunk. Don't get behind the wheel high. Don't find yourself in situations where the cops need to be called in the first place. Um, because regardless of what, they are still out here taking people's lives. And so getting on to a lighter note, <laughs> have you ever experienced where you may have knowledge through personal experience about what it's like to be in love or to be in a relationship, to be married, to be a parent, and someone who has never lived that life <laughs> has a whole lot to say as if they know what they're fully talking about. Have you ever experienced that? Because <laughs> I know I sure have. <laughs> And maybe in my younger days, I might have been guilty of being that person to speak out of turn at times. But what I will say is, yes, everyone has the right to their opinion, to their perspective, to their thought process. However, I think we all should be careful when giving advice or speaking out about things in a judgmental way that we know nothing of. And this brings me to Funky Dineva, a YouTuber who I do tune into. Um, he reviews a lot of reality and scripted shows that I watch. And one of those shows was the season finale of Insecure. He's reviewed the whole season and he came on to do his review for the last episode. And the part that I'm going to focus on is the Molly and Andrew scene where Andrew asked Molly, or he said to her, like, this, it shouldn't be this hard. Like, this relationship shouldn't be this hard. And when Funky Dineva got to that part and he was given his one-two on it, he then mentioned that his issue or he finds it's a lot of married people who say that relationships are hard work. Almost alluding to the fact that, yeah, because you're unhappy in your marriage. So of course you're going to think it's hard work, or at least that's how I took it. And when in fact love is not supposed to be this hard thing, we're supposed to add to each other's lives. In essence, you're supposed to you're supposed to be what makes me happy, yada, yada, yada. Sounds nice on a surface level, right? However, just from tidbits that I have gotten from what he mentions about his own personal life here and there, it's clear that he has never found the one. It's clear that he doesn't, doesn't seem to have sustained a long-term relationship. I could be wrong. And he damn sure has never been married, and I'm not saying that he wants to be, right? But I find that a lot of single people will kind of have that judgmental tone when it comes to non-single people, especially married people. <laughs> and I want to say this. Don't believe the hype, y'all. I think a lot of single people tend to think that Love is all about the butterflies, the unicorns, the rainbows, 
and that fairy tale thing. Don't get me wrong. In the beginning, you experience that. Throughout the relationship, you may have moments of that euphoric feeling, right? However, love, as they say, is an action word. It's not just a feeling. It's a feeling, but it's also an action word. Anything that, we, that requires action requires some level of effort. Anything that requires effort requires some level of work. My perspective is <laughs> that yes, I believe the part about marriages and relationships that are long-term that should be pretty easy is loving the person for the most part. There may be times where you go through things where you may find it, you may feel like you're having a harder time loving the person as freely as you usually would, but it's because maybe you're frustrated, you're angry, you're hurt about something as it pertains to that person. But at the end of the day, I can agree with the fact that it should not feel like absolute hard work every day when married to someone or when in a serious relationship with someone. However, it shouldn't feel easy breezy either, right? Because if we're really showing up to stay married, if we are really utilizing in a healthy way the art of compromise, if we are really nurturing our relationship and building a strong foundation, that will require some level of work. So I don't want anyone out here thinking that falling in love and being with somebody and getting married is supposed to be this easy thing. It's not. That's why you do hear a lot of us married folks say that marriage is work. It is work. Let's look at it from a different angle. Career. There are a lot of people who love their careers as much as they love their spouses and significant others. Some may even love their careers a little bit more at times, right? The career that you love, the very thing that you've always wanted to do and be, is it easy? You're in love with it. You love it. Would you say it's easy? Would you say that showing up and getting the job done and, and, and having the preparation that is necessary to get the job done and following through with what you started? And would you say that that shit is easy? I, I don't think so. I still think, regardless of how in love I am with my career, that that shit is still hard work. It may not feel like work because I enjoy what I'm doing, but let's keep it real. There are sacrifices that are made. There are different things that have to be done that require effort and work from us in order for it to be completed, right? I don't think anyone, regardless of how much they love their job, would say that their job is stress-free. You could be absolutely in love with your job and have moments of, oh, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. That is just life. Let's look at it from another angle. The parents out there who have children, and they say that uh, they say that a parent's love for their child is like no other kind of love. I'm, I'm looking forward to experiencing this for myself, right? Would any parent out here sit in your face, look you in your eye, and say that it is easy being a parent, that it doesn't involve any hard work? I highly doubt that. You hear most parents say, this is the hardest work I've ever had to do in my life, but I love my kid <laughs> and I do what I have to do for them, right? And this is a love like no other love. They say the love that you have for your child is unlike any other kind of love. This is someone who in most cases, unless you adopted, has come from your, your body, right? For men, they have come from your seed. For women, they have come from your egg, your womb, and you carried them for 10 months. It ain't nine months, you pregnant ladies. It's actually 10 months. You carried them for 10 months. <laughs> Listen, I'm at the stage where I feel it. <laughs> it is real carrying a human for almost a whole year. 
right? And then and then they got to come out your body, ladies. I can imagine how that's a love like no other. And I don't think any parent would dare sit up here and say that shit was easy. Let's look at it from one more angle. Friendships. Subject I talk about all the time. I have certain friends when we get together, it's all about the fun. It just seems so easy. I would be lying if I said that my friendships haven't been challenged in some way over the years and that aside from that even happening, that keeping up with one another, checking in with one another, being there for one another, that all requires effort, which requires some level of work. So I have to say, I disagree when I hear the message, especially coming from people who A, have either never been in love, B, have never sustained a long-term relationship, and or C, have never been married, when they say, oh no, it shouldn't be that hard. Relationships shouldn't even be hard. Or it's just like these big ideas and and low-key judgments that they... You, how can you speak about that life when you know nothing of that life? Once again, what I will say is it shouldn't be over the top hard. No, if you feel like loving who you're with requires every fiber of your being to do so, then perhaps you are in the wrong relationship or the wrong marriage with the wrong person that I can agree about. But to make it seem like there's no work required when it comes to love and relationships, I don't agree with that. And I cannot co-sign that. I cannot co-sign that. You will be severely disappointed and will have a hard time if you feel that marriage doesn't require level of work or even a committed relationship doesn't require a level of work. And... As I'm getting older, I'm finding that I'm seeing it more with people I know and just people in general in the world. I'm seeing more of a lot of these big time opinions and perspectives. Once again, everybody is entitled to this, Um, but I'm seeing a lot of these big judgmental, grandiose opinions and perspectives coming from people who don't know that life right? Or having advice that they want to give when you haven't been about that life. If you've been rocking out with me from May of 2016, you will know there's a subject matter that I would never touch. What subject matter was that? Parenting. Why? Because I haven't been a parent. (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and have this whole perspective and challenge people and do the things that I do with my content on something I know nothing about or have never experienced. Do I have book knowledge and a certain level of third party experience and being in the social work world where I was responsible for the youth and children on my caseload and responsible for their safety, responsible and having to hold the foster parents responsible for making sure they went to their medical appointments, that they were safe in their homes, that they were eating the way they should have been eating, that they were going to school. I was like a third party kind of accountability coach for biological parents and foster parents. 13 years of this experience gains a good level of knowledge that I believe will even help me in my own parenting journey. But I still never felt the need, even personally with my girlfriends and family members who are parents, to tell them what they should do or to have these big time judgments on something I never experienced, right? Not to say that I couldn't have an intelligent uh, perspective or an intelligent perspective. Thing to say regarding parenting but it's something I chose to stay away from because I never experienced it and I have a hard time 
when I see people or experience people having these blankets, making these blanket statements and judgments about things that they quite haven't experienced themselves. And the crazy thing is they don't even realize how you could see right through it where it's like, oh, you've never been in love <laughs> or you've never been in a long-term relationship or you for damn sure have never been married. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just tell off of what's being said, right? It's almost like that know-it-all teenager or that know-it-all kid. They may have you fooled for the first five minutes of the conversation, but then after a while you're like, ah, uh, ah, uh, there it is. This person doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> or this person is only speaking out of their a negative experience that they had and they're balling everything up into this category. You know, I'm more and more I'm finding out that even some of my own loved ones that are women seem to low-key hate men. And I'm trying to understand, well, I know... They might have went through a few things that were not the best of experiences, but like, where's all this coming from when you still have examples of great men in your life, right? A couple, couple of people I know that fall into this, this uh, category. And for me, I'm, I'm not trying to come from a judgmental space. I'm trying to come from a space of understanding like, well, what ha- what happened to where you formulated this strong opinion where all men are painted with this particular color? You know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel like it's easy for us if we're not careful to let one or two experiences that might have happened in our lives. I'm not minimizing whatever it was that we experienced, right? Where that can cause us to now hate and we may not even realize the intensity of what we're feeling is actually along the lines of hate you know what I'm saying or strongly dislike you know um that's why I even say with all that's going on I have to check myself constantly to make sure that I don't develop a sense of hate when it comes to white people not all white people are racist (laughs) you know what I'm saying I have to check myself with that. You know, you're seeing it on the TV screen. I'm seeing it every time I am on social media. It's a conversation that's had in any social setting that I'm in, whether it's virtually or whether it's on the phone or whether it's text-wise, like it's in our face 24-7. And so it can be very easy to start to develop those feelings of hate, right? So we have to be careful where we don't, where we we start to have these, either these unexpected, unrealistic expectations, which I feel goes more in the lines of like love and relationships and stuff like that. I don't think many people understand how powerful that is and, and, and not a good way, right? If you have unrealistic expectations of love and relationships and marriages, what you're expecting for this this man or this woman to come to the table with, sometimes we don't realize that we're standing in our own way and that we're not even (laughs) attracting what it is that we really want, right? Because what we think we want is not really even what matters at the end of the day. Um... I've worked, going back to the social work world, I've worked with parents and even teenagers who went through traumatic things, right? Got raped and started to hate. Let's say I worked with a teenage girl who was raped by a man. Then, of course, it makes it very easy for her to hate men, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? That's, you can wrap your head around that. That's understandable. But it's unhealthy in the same vein. Which is why, you know, I would have to make sure that I referred her to get the help that she needed therapeutically, get the therapy that she needed to get whatever interventions clinically that were necessary. Because what one man did to you 
doesn't mean all men are rapists, right? If, 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 as women, all of us have been cheated on, right? I remember <laughs> I was cheated on my early, my early days of dating, for sure. It could have been very easy for me to paint all men as cheaters, right? It took me a long time to kind of like step out of that. My reality, or what I think as a realist, is that everyone, not just men, women alike, everyone has the propensity to cheat. Some of us may have that propensity more than others, but everyone who is a human has the propensity to cheat. <laughs> so for me, I'm not just painting men in that category with that color. Everybody has the propensity to cheat, right? So it could just be very easy for us to like kind of just group everyone in this one category because of one or two experiences we might have had. And then if we find that you're constantly with cheaters, then you have to ask yourself, why are you attracted to them and attracting them, right? At some point, we have to look back at ourselves. <laughs> so if I had a couple of uncomfortable, not the greatest experiences with Ben, right? Does that mean all men are that way? Do I think that my father, my brother, do I think that my cousins, do I think that my uncles are all this way? No. Some, some things are specific to the individual, right? What I say is, if you find that you are constantly attracting the same kind of person, or you're attracted to the same kind of character, then you have to ask yourself, why? Right? And so I feel like people who... Let me not say that. I feel like... <laughs> Many of us <laughs> have had or continue to have this thing where we speak out on things that we really don't know much about. Let's just be open to learning. Let's be open to hearing about other people's experiences, right? Let's be open to saying, you know what? I'll make my I'll come to my my idea or my thought or my perspective when I'm a little more seasoned with this particular thing right now me becoming a mom I will come into my own perspective as far as what parenting is right because it's something I'm actually going to be going through I couldn't do this last year four years before that eight years before that <clears throat> excuse me why because I wasn't a parent so how am I going to speak out on something or have certain judgments when I didn't walk in those shoes, right? Now I'm a human. If I did see that parents I was working with were doing things that they shouldn't have done, or, oh, I would never want to do that when I raised my kid, I'll keep that. With those parents, I had to address that for the sake of them being able to get their kids back, whatever. But like if I saw things in my family or with my friends, I'll keep that to myself, right? Mental note, Chanel. Maybe that's not, that wouldn't be your style of parenting. Maybe not handle that situation that way. But that's just a mental note for me. It's not for me to say to my friend, I wouldn't do that. They don't look at me like, bitch, how could you? You've never been a parent. Like, you can't even talk to me about this. <laughs> you know? And sometimes I feel that way <laughs> when people pass those same kind of judgments when it comes to relationships and marriage. It's like, I hear you, but I don't hear you. You only know when you know, <laughs> like you got to be in it to know, you know, doesn't mean that you cannot have an intellectual and intelligent, uh, thought behind something or what you've seen or what's been expressed to you. But if you've never been somebody's wife or husband, it's going to be very hard <laughs> for you to understand what that life is to the day in and day out. If you've never lived with your lover who you're in a relationship with day in and day out you live together are how you how can you speak on certain dynamics and things and how to avoid certain things right and you could be making the most perfect sense ever i would still say be careful with what advice you try to give and be careful with whatever judgments you make because you don't live that life so how would you really know and it may sound harsh, 
but I'm, if you if you don't live that life, what gives you the authority or what what grants your advice or wisdom to be warranted in some ways when you don't know, right? Because yes, there's book knowledge. There are people who go to school to be marital counselors. There are people who go to school, you know what I'm saying, to be parenting coaches and things of that nature. I get that. You get the book knowledge. It all makes sense. It's very intelligent. A lot of it is very true. But there's the other piece that is important (laughs) in the equation, which is the experiential piece. This is why I always knew If and when it was meant for me to be a psychologist, that had to happen later on in life for me. And I always felt this way because I'm like, how am I going to sit and therapize someone else when I haven't even lived enough life myself? And some people would look at me like I'm crazy and be like, girl, please, I'm still going to get my degree, my degrees. I'm going to be a doctor in psychology. I'm going to be a psychologist and I'm going to do my thing. And I get that. That's fine. But for me, the kind of therapist I always dreamed of being, I knew I needed more life choices. I knew it probably wouldn't happen for me until I was in my middle-aged, middle-agedom, meaning like in my 40s, 50s. That point, I think it's safe to say, you lived life, right? (laughs) You went through the triumphs, you went through the downfalls. You were a spouse, you were a parent. you went through different things when it came to your career you went through different family dynamic issues you you know like you've lived life right where you can then impart your experiences coupled with your education to help people make sense of their own lives right that's just me so I'm very big on that. I even try not to make a practice or habit of speaking on things like major things I don't really, I haven't experienced myself, which is why in one of my recent episodes I said, listen, take advice from people who, whose life and their lives reflect what they're saying, right? Yes, we can learn and teach others from our mistakes. Don't do what I did because this led me down that road. But I don't think a lot of the advice that I should get from somebody is don't do what I did because it'll lead you down this road. I prefer to have advice from people who were like, this is what I did and this was the benefits and how it helped me and what it taught me as opposed to having to learn by negative experiences all the time. I prefer to learn from positive experiences. I prefer to learn from people who whose life displays and shows that they actually live what they talk about. I have a hard time accepting advice from people who don't even live and apply what they're telling you to do to their own lives. Very, very, very hard for me (laughs) to take advice from someone who doesn't even take their own advice (laughs) or to take advice from someone about major life things whose where their lives are in shambles, essentially. So that's why I'm like, let's know the areas that we can speak boldly about and lend a helping hand in, give advice and speak from a wise place from the areas that we need to just maybe say less. (laughs) If I'm keeping it real, you know what I'm saying? But that's just me. What are y'all thoughts on that? (laughs) Holler at you, girl. <laughs> if I be like, Chanel, how the hell do we holler at you? I've got to figure out. There's got to be a way you can leave review. You can leave something, especially if you're listening through like Spotify and like Apple and Google Podcasts. Um, but you can always, like I say, you can always email me at complexedsimplicity9 at gmail.com. For people who know me, sometimes my girlfriends will personally text me and be like girl I'm listening to your podcast now this thing got me thinking or you know what I'm saying you could do that if you know me you have my personal information um but yeah like what are y'all thoughts 
am I bugging out? Am I, am I like a little bit too raw about it? But I don't know. I just find sometimes something as simple as me watching a YouTube, <laughs> a quick YouTube clip. And I'm like, Mm-mm, I got to jump on and say something about this. <laughs> Not that this YouTuber would ever hear what I'm saying or, you know, tune, tune into my content. But it's just like, I'm like, this is a popular, this is a popular trend of thought because I've heard this from people I know. I've heard this from people that I just, you know, like I said, tune into their YouTube channels. Like I've, I've heard this on reality shows. Like you just, this has just been a message that I've seen. And that, that whole thing of love is not supposed to be hard. I was just like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> like what? <laughs> this has to be someone who wasn't in a long-term relationship that was healthy and that lasted. Because if you say that love and relationships and all that shit ain't hard, I'm sorry. You, I feel like you're, you're, you're inexperienced, you know, and through the inexperience, there's some level of ignorance, right? Natural ignorance. And it's like, no, I got to say something about this. <laughs> Don't believe the hype, y'all. Be prepared for there to be some level of work in your relationships and your marriages. That's what it is. Work, nobody ever, why does, why do people view work as like a bad thing? If it's worth having, it's worth working for, right? Like work is okay. It's okay, right? I have to put in work to clean my damn house. The end result is what? A clean, fresh house. Like what is wrong with that? (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, that's the beauty of the way of the world. We all can have an opinion and put that opinion on whatever platform we have created for ourselves. And and, and that's that. And I, you know what? I have to give it to Funky Dineve. He was convicted in what he said and he stood firm on it. Cool. But once again, be careful from statements and advice and judgments that you are getting and hearing from people who do not live the life that they're even advising anyone about (laughs) be careful that's all i'm saying (laughs) be careful from what i gather with funky dineva he is working on his own self which is great and getting to the bottom of his own shit which we all need to do right and so as intelligent as he is and entertaining as he is there are certain statements and things he says where I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> right? But that's just me. There are other people who will eat that shit up. And I'm concerned for any of us content creators that a lot of the things that we say, there are some people that will just eat it up like it's Bible. And all of us, I'm sure, feel convicted and strongly about whatever we put out there. I try to be as responsible as I can be because I know that there are some people who will literally soak up everything that you say. My purpose with my content is to just push us to look at things from different perspectives, right? Um, And it's okay to challenge perspectives that are that we you know that come our way or that we you know to weigh it right I always say don't just jump on people's bandwagons about things like it's okay to question it even my perspective super cool it's it's you should question and weigh even what I say you know to see if it makes sense to you (laughs) I'm convicted in what I say I know what I say makes perfect sense to me but for some I could in some ways be speaking a totally different language from them, right? Because they just don't get what I'm saying and they don't buy into it. And that is okay as well. I'd rather you weigh it than just jump and follow what I'm saying, right? Um, But yeah, I just like to, to depict a realistic viewpoint for a lot of matters of life that I've experienced. I can't speak about things I haven't experienced, but the things that I have experienced, I definitely, like I always say, I don't want to just hold the jewels of what wisdom or whatever I've learned. I don't want to just hold it and keep it to myself. I want to be able to share it with others and I want to be able to give a realistic depiction and approach to 
life experiences that I endured, you know what I'm saying, or that I've had. And I think that that's an important thing to do. It's never steered me wrong. (laughs) You know, I was raised with a very realist approach. My parents were, were realists. So how I was raised with how to view life came from a realistic lens. I wasn't in the fairy tales, right? I knew in getting married that that shit was going to be real. <laughs> I wasn't like, I didn't have my head in the clouds. I wasn't caught up in the wedding. Like I understood from the example my parents had before me that this is real life, right? And that it's not going to always be sunshine and rainbows. And that it's not going to always be easy, 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 right? I knew that going into it. I knew enough of that going into it. And so maybe it's because I'm accustomed to that way of life and that way of teaching that I naturally am that way with others, right? My parents would have the hard conversations with me growing up. We would talk about real life stuff. You know, the first the first time that I ever heard about procreation and sex and all that stuff was from my family, my parents. I wasn't hearing about it first from friends or from from school teachers or from church officials. The first time I heard about that stuff was from my parents. So we've always had an open door policy with communication. I'm just accustomed to that. And it was always a realist approach. <laughs> like, that's all I can say. Like, this is, it, you know, like, this is life, you know? Um, and so I have that same approach, you know, in all of my relationships. And I'm pretty sure it'll be a big part of my parenting style as well. And, um, yeah. So... I like my content to reflect that and to embody that. And I truly want to be of help to others. And so when I see a lot of messages just and perspectives just being hurled out there, some that seem asinine, others that seem questionable, whatever, you know, so I like to on my platform to be able to to balance the field, right? In the in the podcasting land, in YouTuberville, I like to be able to balance out that message, right? Um, but that's me. Now, what did y'all feel about that season finale of Insecure? I have to say I was expecting there to be some drama, some messiness, some dips and turns, and... I definitely feel like it was a very realistic outcome. I get the sense that a lot of people were disappointed, especially when hearing about, you know, Condola being pregnant with Lawrence's baby. And don't get me wrong, because I'm I'm here for Issa and Lawrence reconnecting and getting back together, but I always put it out there. There's a high chance that it can work, and then there's a high chance that it might not work. But I feel like that is a realistic outcome. And the last thing that I will say <laughs> with the seven, six and six and a half minutes I have left is this. I feel once you are in your 30s, there is no excuse for having unplanned pregnancies. I get that shit happens. You might have used a condom. It might have broken. I get that. There is plan B on the market, if I'm not mistaken. You have 48 hours to take it to prevent any sperm from traveling to that good old egg, right? So I say that to say this is 2020. There is too much, my mom always says, there are too many forms of contraceptives and birth control out there. For some, Probably the more secure ones, see your OBGYN, ladies. For some of the not as secure ones, but they work, seem to work fine for many, you can go to your local drugstore. 
Walgreens, CVS, Dwayne Reed, Target even. Um, I'm missing one. Walgreens, CVS, Dwayne Reed, Target. Maybe that's all of them. There's, it's too many options out there, folks. We got condoms, we got spermicides, we have all kinds of things. And so I say that to say (laughs) that these messy situations happen, going back to our choices, what I started this whole episode off with in the beginning, when we're making poor choices, right? We're in the moment. (laughs) We're throwing caution to the wind. Some of us are living reckless lives. You know what I'm saying? Um, But there still is too much on the market to prevent that. If you out here enjoying sex and it's a big part of your life, and you're not necessarily tied down to anyone or in a committed relationship, then maybe birth control is a good option. Fellas, keep your condoms. Keep yourself strapped with your condoms, right? Women, I feel. I know I know we all have different perspectives when it comes to taking birth control. But if you know you are out here getting it in, on and popping, and you're not necessarily like with someone in a committed situation... What is the problem with getting on birth control? There are many different forms. Like, why are we constantly, ladies, putting ourselves in positions to where we're having pregnancies that we don't really want to have? Right? Like, why are we doing this? My mom used to always tell me, Chanel, you have the control of your body. There is no excuse. She said, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't hear or respect it when it's like, yeah, oops, I got pregnant. You know what I'm saying? And nobody's even saying you got to go get an abortion and do all that either. Because guess what? You could take the step before that, which is what? Get you that plan B. Like, help me understand. (laughs) I have managed to not get pregnant for a very long time. (laughs) This baby that I'm carrying it's because this baby was planned with my husband, right? There was a conversation that was had. Even in marriage, as y'all know, I wasn't out here being reckless. <laughs> and some people would be like, but you married, girl, don't matter. No, it still mattered to me. <laughs> so, like, but I have to give it to Insecure. That is a realistic outcome. That is a realistic outcome. You out here... Having fun, as some would say, fool our line, getting it in. But y'all not, y'all careful, but y'all not really careful. What do you expect is going to happen, right? Unless you had some infertility issues where you're like, I've been trying to get pregnant before and they never happened, couldn't get pregnant in years, then I could understand some level of slackness. But even aside from that, diseases, folks. How many people before they even jump in the bed are really like, I'm going to take an STD test. You're going to take an STD test. We're going to share our results and then we're going to get it in. I know there's some people who do that, but the percentage of people who do that, who are out here getting busy is very slim, y'all. Most people are having sex and then asking questions later. Can we go back to the old school days? Where we like, yo, listen, I'm on birth control (laughs) or this is, or I don't want to put birth control in my body, but these are the forms of birth control I prefer to use, right? Like, are we having those conversations? People who are newly dating have these conversations now, regardless of whether you're engaging in sex during your relationship or you're waiting until you are married, have those conversations now about contraceptives, about, um, because there's some married people who believe it's, listen, if, if, if we're married and I get pregnant, it is what it is, who cares? And then there are other married people who are like me who still want to plan for it and not just haphazardly like, we're having a baby, you know? So have those conversations, you know what I'm saying? Have those conversations. Very, very, very important. But yeah, it's too much of, when we're in our 30s, I think we're a little bit too old for the, oops, I'm pregnant. Like that's, we're too, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think we're too old for that. You know, Mm -mm. that's some shit you do in your 20s, not in your 30s. But anyway, (laughs) let me get off the line. 
<laughs> Thank you for rocking out with your girls. Stay safe out there. I'm on Google, Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify and Anchor. And until next time.